Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday are rambling about those Los Angeles Rams. Ramble on. Welcome to another episode of Ramblings with Isaac Bruce and Doc Holiday. I am Doc Holiday. Isaac, what's up, man? How you doing, man? What's up, Doc? I'm back in the house, man. I'm doing well, man. Had a great, uh, great weekend, man. Uh, uh, just spending it uh, with family, uh, celebrating the, the the holy day, the holiday Passover, and uh, just getting to know each other a little bit more. Uh, the 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 dinner was good. We had a great time, man. So looking, jump back into this week and get things started. All praises to the most. High. Talking about getting things started, man. Hey, you know, the Rams moving on through the offseason, bro. We have some moves that have been made. You know, some things have come official. And just really looking at the overall look of the Rams right now, man, and what we expecting and what them want, what we want them to do. You know, Matthew Stafford is official now. You know, Deshaun Jackson, them dudes are official now. He's officially Rams. So, you know, just looking at Stafford. And, you know, it's something interesting as well. I heard John Gruden said he was thinking about the trade between Stafford and golf, and he said it was really player for player. I mean, it was, you know, really meaning it was a push. You know what I'm saying? That it's, you know, it's even as far as what they can do and what they can bring. But anyway, Stafford knows what the Rams wanted to do, which is upgrade this quarterback position. They know that we're looking at him as an upgrade. How much pressure you think that man is feeling this next season? Because as the offense goes, everybody's going to be looking at him, man. We don't want to see the same numbers we were seeing doing the same things that we were doing under Jerry Goff. But as far as Matthew Stafford is concerned, is he under a tremendous amount of pressure, Isaac? Well, Doc, first of all, I wouldn't say he's under a tremendous amount of pressure. And at the same time, uh, you know, to have John Gruden mention, or, you know, uh, it's almost like a player for player. As far as quarterback is concerned, you know, John Gruden is one of those quote unquote guru quarterback whispers. So, you know, he has, he has his own hands filled with the quarterback that he's playing, that, that's playing for him right now. But um, I, I wouldn't say a tremendous amount of pressure, but he, there are some things that there are a lot of people like uh, myself and like you out there would like to see Matthew, Matthew Stafford perform. And they, they like to see him perform. Uh, in postseason games, you know, he, he's been in the league for a very long time. And, and you know, one of the stigmas that, that, that he's carrying right now is that he hasn't won a, 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 a playoff game, hasn't played in many playoff games. So um, that within itself, I would say is more of a challenge to him than pressure to him. Um, I think he's, uh, he's inherited a, a great team uh, offensively, defensively, one of the better minds in, uh, in all the football with Sean McVay calling the plays and, and constructing plays. So I think the combination of the two, man, uh, I think we'll see uh, the full potential of what Matthew Stafford can do. Not only that, but Coach McVay's full potential. I think he has everything he wants right now to be a successful coach. And what we mean by that is not just getting to a Super Bowl, but winning a Super Bowl. So um, uh, I, I would say a challenge, more of a challenge than pressure, but there's definitely a big challenge before Matthew Stafford coming into the season. 
Now, you just said something, man, that I feel, I feel that way. Rams fans feel the same way, man. And we're looking at – look, man, we don't want to hear nothing about no first-round playoff win, second-round playoff win. We, we don't even want to hear about just going to the Super Bowl. We want to talk about winning the Super Bowl now that we have Matthew Stafford. I want to ask you this, man. Are we expecting too much, though? I mean, we can want it, but are we expecting too much, though? Hey, I believe in having high standards, man, and I don't think the expectation is too low. I think if anything, it should it should go go up even higher. I mean, considering where we are from a personnel standpoint, uh, from a coaching standpoint, and just the aggressiveness of the front office, man. I think we're in a position where we're looking at playing a home Super Bowl game this year in SoFi Stadium. I don't I don't think the expectations are high, but I think they should go even even higher because you know when you look at the draft picks that we have going into this draft, I think we're in a good place where we have multiple third-round draft picks. So we can address a lot of things and add to, uh, you know, kind of what we have. Because any, anything right now, any person that we, we, we pick or, or, or draft out of this draft, you know, it's a potential that they may just be filling holes, man. Some of the holes that we lost via free agency. They'll be filling spots and coming in just to uh, really to row with the boat that we already have rowing. So I don't think it's a, a – uh, a low expectation. I think the expectations should be where they are. I think most of the transactions that we made uh, as an organization, and I think, uh, you know, just looking at the division, we forced a lot of people in the division to make uh, make transactions. We showed them that we're not comfortable where we are uh, as far as just, you know, being the big dog in the division. We're looking to get better. So, you know, you saw the 49ers make a, a, a huge uh, trade to, to move up higher in the draft. Uh, you've seen other guys bring in uh, teams like Arizona, bring in high-profile players, uh, A.J. Green down in Arizona, and, and things of that nature. So even Seattle, they're looking to make moves, make power moves, not only to make sure they keep their quarterback, but to help their quarterback to be successful in what we call uh, the best division in football. So um, our moves, our transactions are forcing other people in our division to make moves as well. And talk about uh, also, man, you being a receiver, because I was thinking about this and I've been thinking about this. You know, now you got Matthew Stafford coming in as the quarterback. Now, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods been extremely productive, but their chemistry and their relationship was Jerry Goff. He understood and they understood they were going to be looking for him. <laughs> Might be a different situation now, man, you know, because Stafford coming in, he has to. He's gonna. I'm pretty sure he's gonna work with everybody, man. Especially during this off season. But everybody thinking is also it's the automatic connection is Stafford to Deshaun Jackson. But you got Robert Woods and Cooper Cup there as well. You have been in a situation where you was playing with Kurt Warner, and just my eyes, you know, maybe I'm I was looking at it, you know, with the with the prejudice. You were my brother. You was my guy. I was like, man, Kurt, Kurt be looking. He be feeding my get my dog Isaac. Then Mark Bulger takes over, and I'll be like, hold on. Bulger be feeding hope. I like Tory. I don't know Tory, though. So Ike is my guy. So it seems like you and Kurt had a relationship. Mark and Tory had a relationship, even though Mark would hit you. But just me saying, like, man, why Mark always throwing it? Seems like he's throwing the Tory more than Isaac. Now, in this situation, now we got Jerry Goff coming. He's gone. He was looking for Coop, Cooper and uh, Robert Woods a lot. Now you got Matthew Stafford coming in. So what can Cooper and Robert Woods expect? Do they need to hurry up and get in there and try to get some kind of chemistry? Or do you expect, you know, Matthew Stafford to, Matthew Stafford to, you know, develop his own relationship and it just might end up being Deshaun Jackson is the first person he looks for? 
Well, I'll tell you what, you know, my days of playing receiver for the Rams, um, it was always uh, one for all and all for one. We, we, we never got to the point where we were comparing each other. Did we want the ball? Absolutely. I mean, if you're a number one wide receiver, you're going to want the football at all times. You think every play that you're open and you think every play that's being designed is designed to come to you. That's just our mindset. But at the same time, we, we celebrated each other's success. Now, to answer your question as far as chemistry between a uh, new quarterback and receivers that have been there, the, and, and these guys are made men, uh, Cooper Cup. Uh, uh, Robert Woods. These, these are made guys in this league. So, I mean, the, it, it's the beauty of OTAs, man. We uh, Hopefully this year uh, they get an opportunity to have the OTAs. I believe Matthew Stafford is, has been house hunting in Los Angeles. Uh, if he hasn't, he, he's probably doing it now, or he's probably already found a place. And, you know, you, you, you kind of look at where guys' off-season homes are. Robert Woods being a, a, another native from Los Angeles. So, you know, it, it isn't a big stretch for these guys to hook up at a park or go to Rams Park and uh, start develop, developing some chemistry. So that chemistry is going to have to be from quarterback, tight end, and the wide receiver room. It's going to, it's going to, he's going to be throwing to all those guys. So who becomes his favorite? It remains to be seen. It may be Cooper Cup for two weeks. It may be Robert Woods for the next three weeks. It may be taking the top off the off the defense, uh, Deshaun Jackson. For, for five weeks, who knows? But that all works together for the one common goal. So um, hopefully that's the mindset as these guys go into the room. And and I don't, I just don't pick up or perceive, you know, Robert Woods being a me guy, Cooper Cup being a me guy, Deshaun Jackson has proved he's not a me guy. You don't last this long in the league, uh, not being a, a, a overtly me guy and a selfish guy. So um, just that chemistry is gonna have to work. I'm sure all, all, all that group will get together, start getting on the field. Uh, they, they know the benefits of watching, you know, the great Tom Brady, you know, galvanizing, putting guys together on a practice field, get many, as many reps as you can. So, you know, once I, like I said, OTAs, if we have those this year, that's going to help us, help us tremendously. And just having a full training camp that will help us, help us tremendously too to build chemistry between the quarterbacks and those who are catching his passes. Now, I agree with you. I don't think those guys are me guys, and I know for a fact you were not a me guy, and I know Torrey Holt wasn't a me guy. But the, but the problem, the, the problems come in is be their friends and family, though, Isaac. You know what I'm saying? Even with us, man. Quick example, because me and Isaac, we lost a real good friend. We lost a brother, man, quarterback at the University of Memphis, Memphis State, Keith, Keith Ben Kane, great guy. I mean, one of the most genuine guys you could ever meet, man. South Florida guy. I mean, uh, rest in peace. But just, it's guys like me, Kane, Daddy, we come to games, man. You know what I'm saying? Y'all not me guys, but we me guys. You know, and he was one of those guys, too. He come to the game. He like, look, man, I, you need to throw the ball to my guy, Isaac. <laughs> so that's the thing about it, man. It's, it's the family and friends that be around these dudes who want to pull for them and not thinking about the other dudes that may sometimes, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, get the ear of these quarterbacks, man. Yeah, but you but you know what? It's it's the it's the friends and families that are non-athletic who are even louder <laughs> doing that. Doc. Yeah. I mean, I, I you know my thing, you know, with guys like you, guys like Keith Benton, when you guys come to a game, I mean, you know, you've been in the trenches before. You know what it takes. You know it takes eleven men to score a touchdown. It takes eleven men to stop stop a, a first down, and, and it's a game of inches. So we know the importance of chemistry and making sure that, you know, like I always say, that we don't kill our wounded. So 
And we encourage each other, man, making sure that we celebrate uh, each other's success. And that was, that was, it wasn't fate with us. It was real. I mean, from a, from a 53 man standpoint of the, of the guys that I played with during the greatest show on turf era, man, it was just, uh, we were genuinely happy for the success of everybody and we celebrated it, man. And from team meetings to uh, celebrating in, in the locker room after the game, passing our handball, uh, game balls, things of that nature. But, we know you know the importance of, of that chemistry, man. We we need each other. So it's, it's that common goal and just making sure everybody has the same mindset, you know, going into training camp in these OTAs, man, and, and having that one common goal and, and really just bringing Matthew Stafford along, man. I mean, because, I mean, as a whole, uh, the Robert Woods of the world, the Cooper Cups of the world, they have had some postseason success. They know what it feels like to play in the Super Bowl. So we, we actually, actually, they're going to have to bring Matthew Stafford up to speed and get Matthew up on their level. And you said something else. Those are Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, man. You made a perfect, perfect statement. They are made men in the NFL because they've made it happen. They've been putting in work, putting up numbers and whatever, man. And, you know, also, and I, when I think about Matthew, when I say, you know, whether he has a lot of pressure and expectations, I mean, to me, yeah. Um, and Super Bowl, yeah, because the Rams have gone out and made some moves and got him, you know, some more weapons to go with the ones that he was already coming on the team with. And real quickly, speaking of Deshaun, now Deshaun says something in the interview I heard is what, before I heard the interview is, is exactly what I said. And this to me, Isaac shows a level of maturity, man. If you can look in the mirror and look at yourself where you are now and where you are to where you were younger and see the big difference and see that something that maybe you wanted when you were younger. Now you glad it didn't happen that way. He admitted that, if the Rams had a – if L.A. had a professional football team when he was in his younger years, you know, just coming back into the NFL, even though he was from L.A., it wouldn't have been a good look for him. And it's, it's, I, it's, I was glad to hear him say that because he said that he probably, when he was in his kicking it mode and hanging out mode and doing all these things, playing at home would have been detrimental to his career and to himself. But now he says that he's 34. You know, he's going into his 14th year in the NFL. Now is a good time. Time to come back because most of that stuff, not all of it, but most of that stuff is behind him. So I'm gl- I'm gl- glad to see and good. It's good to see and glad, good to hear, and I'm glad to see that maturation from Deshaun to understand that you know now he's in a better place. That this wouldn't have been good for him back when he was younger. Well, Doc, we see so many examples of this. Uh, you know, when we crack open our book, man. You know how the father told and instructed Abraham get from amongst your people, man, you know, so I can have and build a relationship with you. So, you, you know, I, I was a junior college uh, student in Los Angeles for two years. And after that, went to Memphis for two years, but then came back drafted as a Los Angeles Ram. And doc, I can truly say that, um, you know, I saw what Los Angeles, California can do to professionals <laughs> and particularly professional athletes yeah. uh, in a negative sense. Uh, if you don't have that discipline, Absolutely. It can take you under. But but here's the thing. If you don't have that discipline in Green Bay, Green Bay can take you under. So it really doesn't matter on the city. It just matters with the player himself, uh, you know, what his goals are. If he has a, a, a positive vision uh, about where he wants to be as a football player and as a uh, as, as a team, uh, that's the big that's the importance of it. But to hear Deshaun Watson, uh, excuse me, Deshaun Jackson come out and say uh, what he said. I mean, that's a, that's a form of humility. And uh, it's a teachable moment for a lot of guys that are not only going to be drafted by the Los Angeles Rams this year, but those young guys who are in the locker room right now. They they know his statue. They know he's 
put in work in this league, and he has a lot that he can teach the younger guys uh, on and off the field. So, so I appreciate him taking that 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 that, that stance and and having that moment. Not only for you know for we as consumers can can sit back and hear, but those who are in the locker room uh, with him, learning from him. Yeah, take it from somebody that's been there, man. That that drank and kicked it and partied and just blew money, man. That that that's a waste of time. It ain't worth it at all. See, now Isaac didn't do any of that. Now you, for real, he, he just wasn't with all that. He wasn't kicking it. L.A. wasn't finna swallow up because Isaac ain't finna spend no. He like they ain't getting my money. Matter of fact, he might ask you for twenty dollars and he got ten million in the bank. You know, so hey, look, Isaac, you was always disciplined as far as that's concerned, man. But uh, hey, I'm telling you, man, just that that hanging out and kicking the young fellas, man, it ain't worth it man when you get this age you think about that money you done blew blew through man and all that energy you you know exerted just for nothing at all and just talk about that discipline i mean you it never was able to swallow you up or influence you like that man how is that why is that because 98 percent of dudes get gobbled up bro well it's about purpose doc i mean i you know i, I came to a conclusion uh early in life that you know i, I had a purpose in life uh, my purpose included football. It just didn't consume me with football, but it included football. So I knew football was going to have, you know, its time in my life. Uh, go away from a moment, but come back differently. And, you know, I, I want to make sure that, you know, I'm a kingdom citizen first before anything. And whatever I'm here to do, I'm here to make or create uh, a better atmosphere where I am and leave it better than the way I got it. So I just always looked at things that way, Doc. And, and, and fortunately, I had a mom and a dad who really instilled that into me early in life. Uh, hard work and work ethic came from my dad. Uh, the spiritual side came from both of them, my, my dad and my mom. So I was able to carry that not only through junior college in Memphis when I met you guys, but also when I got drafted again back out, about, back out in Los Angeles, man. I, I knew it just wasn't about really partying and having a good time, but really controlling the situations, man. Just going out, working hard, learning all I could as far as playing football was concerned and uh, going out and being there for my teammates. And I'm going to share this with y'all. You know, this this is something personal with me. You know, ain't got nothing to do. It has something to do with Isaac. But I'm going to tell you now. Now, I used to kick it. I used to hang out. When I played for the St. Louis Rams, I lived with Isaac. And see, what Isaac would do at the time, I used to hang out. I used to party. Me and my boy, my guy Lawrence Phillips, Jay Moe, Gerald Moore, Jack Yates, Eddie Kennison at times, man. You know, we used to, we used to hang out. You know, and what Isaac would do, though, he told me when I moved in, and I'm going to tell you how good of a guy he is. He had a one-bedroom. I just didn't want to spend my money. It's my brother, you know, big bank take. I kind of just moved in on him. He ain't say no, nah, but I guarantee y'all he ain't want me there. But he didn't care though, cause we was brothers. You know what I'm saying? So, but what he would do now, Isaac had a little. He had a little drawer. He told me, he said, "Look, Doc, you know, I keep money in here for groceries. I don't know if you remember that. You like Doc? I keep. Money. It was like it was probably about like three or four thousand dollars. I keep money in here for groceries, little knickknacks. So you need to get, you know, this." <laughs> But what I was doing, y'all, I was plucking it. I was hitting it, hunted. LP called me up. We finna hang out, and you, yeah, it, 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 it got down like minus seventeen hundred in a couple of days. You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't even remember because you looking, you looked at me, and you like, hey man, hey man, what's this? <laughs> hey, what? Some of this money, miss? I was like, oh yeah, yeah, we've been kind of hanging. You just looked at me. You just shook your head, man. You replenished it, but after that, I didn't touch it anymore. Though I'm just saying. I mean, you probably don't, you don't remember that, but I do, bro. I don't, man. Not at all. <laughs> I don't. I remember living, living in Creve Corps, you know, Creve water Corps. Downs at that time, man, you know, yeah. having a good time. But, you know, I mean, for me, it was about work. Doc. It yeah. was about 
you know, getting up, going to work every morning. You know, I sat down and sat back and watched my dad for 40 years, you know, get up every morning, go to go to work on that hot roof. You know, it, it's something that I didn't want to do, you know, but, you know, football was was what was part of what I was put here to do. And I want to blow that opportunity, man, because I know a lot of people had sacrificed a lot to help me get to where I was. And I just took advantage of it. But, you know, you get that sometimes. Dog. You get guys who come in, man, and really, you know, they they have they have discipline as far as football is concerned, but they also have discipline towards the streets. Now you now you're burning the candle on both ends, which, <laughs> you know, ultimately ends up. You know the 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 longevity for football players is about three seasons. That's pretty. That's pretty much what's happening because you're burning that candle, man, and really not taking care of your your body and working the career like a job. So it was important to me, man. I had a lot of people to, uh, uh, you know, help me to sacrifice a lot. I didn't want to. I didn't want to, you know, abuse that sacrifice that they had, uh, you know, put out there for me. Man, thank you for convicting your boy. You just convicted your boy because you, 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 you were talking to me, dog, because I was disciplined. I was thankful to be. No, no, I'm just saying you were not directly, but consciously, I mean, subconsciously, you were talking to me, man, because I was I was grateful to be playing for the Rams. But, yeah, I was, you know, I, I was kicking it. I, I was burning, you know, I was burning both ends of the candle, man. So, and I tell people all the time, I'm, it's good that I didn't last in professional football no more than a couple of years because where I was mentally at that time would have destroyed me, man. It would have destroyed me because I won't prepare for the yeah. money. The fame is a different kind of fame than what you got had in college because in college it's college. But when you're an NFL player, man, whether you practice squad like I started out, then you get on the roster, people still look at you as some kind of superstar, man. So Absolutely. I'm kind of glad because I didn't have that discipline, man. And I tell people all the time, it's a blessing that I, I didn't have this five, six, seven, eight, ten year career because I wasn't ready for it, man. So, you yeah. know, appreciate you convicting your boy, man. But I, it, it's, it's true, though. What you said is true. Well, Doc, there's a there's a lot of young professionals that listen to our podcast, man. And, uh, you know, hopefully they can take these lessons that we give them. And, uh, you know, as far as, you know, as far as personal development, man, yeah, you got to have some kind of personal development and be focused and committed to it. Because, you know, you get these moments and you get these opportunities. But if you're not prepared for the opportunity before you get there, man, I mean, you really you're really wasting time. You're wasting your time and the people who are opening doors for you. So. I mean, just that personal development part of it, man, the performance part of it as well. I mean, it's, it's, it's all about uh, really not blowing the moment and enjoying uh, uh, that moment. But at the, at the same time, the sacrifice that other people are making for you, man. Just take your eyes off yourself and just put your, you know, if your mom, your dad, your brothers and sisters make sacrifice for you, uh, the people that you met along that journey are making sacrifices for you and for your comfort level. Man, you should. The best you can do is just comply and enjoy the love that you're getting from these people. No doubt about it. And y'all, y'all heard me mention Lawrence Phillips, man. Rest in peace, my guy, LP. And Gerald Moore, peace. Jack Yates from Houston. Hey, look, man, Gerald, Jack Yates, peace. if you, li- where are you, man? Hey, Isaac, where- if anybody listening to know what Gerald Moore is, Jack Yates from Houston, the Oklahoma Sooner, tell that dude to get in touch with us, man, because I've been looking for him for years. Isaac, he ain't no social media. I can- if I Google his name, I'm going to get something from 20 years ago. Man, I- have you even heard from, from this shelf thick Jack Yates, man? <laughs> He might be off the grid right now, Doc. I mean, it, it's amazing, man. You know, we ended up drafting him uh, in the, in the uh, mid-90s. And, you know, he 96, was, uh, yeah. Yeah, he, he was a huge big-time running back at Oklahoma, man. I just remember because I watched the Big 12 a lot, just living in Missouri at that time. And you'd always see Gerald with it, with his jersey over his backpack. Yeah. And, you know, his, his backpack in the back just running, man. You know, 
And uh, but he was a, he was an awesome uh, running back for a long time in college and, and had a decent career in the NFL. Jack Gates, where you at, man? I'll let your boy, man. Doc Holiday, Isaac Bruce, man. Been looking for you, man. You're my guy, man. Heck, man, we got some good memories, man. I'll let your boy. But anyway, real quickly, though, Isaac. Now, man, we're in the offseason. The draft is coming up. You know, we've addressed the quarterback position. We've addressed the uh, wide receiver position. We we brought back Lennon Floyd. We Floyd. We've addressed that. Now, I still say, man, we got we got we got to do something about this the second level of that defense linebacker. We got to yeah. get us a we got to get us a dog. But what do you think right now is your most in, our most important position to address? Whether it be through free agency, especially, but really in the draft, who we need to be looking at, man, because who we draft is going to be important for this upcoming season. Well, I, I tell you, man, I think, uh, you know, with the addition of Deshaun Jackson, you know, it's great. But at the same time, you know, you can I, I think we can still find a diamond in the rough at the wide receiver position, uh, a fast guy, a guy that can just, you know, do what we've been asking to do, take the top off that defense. And then from there, man, I mean, you, you look at the important parts of a football team, which is always the offensive line. Man, it may be some offensive linemen that may fall in this draft because the draft is so quarterback and wide receiver heavy. Some of these guys may slip down to the second or third round where we can have an opportunity to pick these guys. And then from there, we go to the, we go to the back end of the defense, man, the linebacker spots, uh, guys who can probably come in. You know, we got a great six-round pick out of Ohio State last year that played well for us in the, in the defensive secondary. And, uh, you know, maybe we go out and, and, and find two or three or more of those guys. So, you know, with those compensatory picks that we got, you know, with, uh, with, with Holmes becoming the general manager over at, at Detroit, we, we got to put them to use, Doc. I mean, we we got to we got to make sure we do them. We're we're a team that won't have a first round draft pick for a very long time. So uh, we got to make sure that we hit home runs with these uh, third round picks, fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh round picks. Even with the rookie free agents that come in this year, man, these got to be guys that can come in and contribute for us and uh, not miss a beat. Man, you went with the big official word, too, compensatory. Man, that's kind of hard to get out. Good job. Because I just would have said extra picks, bro. You know what I'm saying? But I feel yeah. you, though. What the Memphis State, man? What the Memphis State? <laughs> I, I did, too. That's what I'm saying. It's, <laughs> I did, too. I was shout there, out, too. Shout, hey, shout out to South Hall and uh, shout out to, you know, the big building. We always hung out at. Yes, sir. The, the, the UC. <laughs> Shout out to South. Hey, man. And, and, let say, and let me say, yeah, the UC. Let, let me say this, right? Because I don't think we, I don't think I've said this yet. I don't think you said. Rob Brown, what's up, man? Shout out to Rob yeah. Brown. Shout out to Bad News, man. I don't think we shouted out Bad News Brown yet. And Bad News Brown is a real good friend of ours from Memphis State. Now, I'm talking about one of the toughest linebackers. He'll tell you the best linebacker to ever play. Now, he will knock he will knock your head off. So, Bad News Brown, if you're listening, matter of fact, we're going to tell you we talked about you so you'll make sure you're listening. Shout out to Bad News Brown, bro. From Prattville, Alabama, my boy Rod Brown. What's up, though? Yeah, man. Hey, so bad news. We we appreciate you, man. Uh, but any anyway, one more thing, man. Before we get up out of here, I just want to say this because you said it, and I've been hearing it. Everybody keep calling John Gruden the quarterback. How? Name me a quarterback he has made. I'm I'm tired of people. I'm just saying it because John Gruden, because he, he he got him a segment on on ESPN where he would break down film of quarterbacks, tell him this, tell him that, but. John Gruden, I haven't seen you develop a quarterback and make him great. You won a Super Bowl. Who was quarterback? Brad Johnson. That dude won no great quarterback. Come on, man. John Gruden, I'm not calling you the quarterback guru, the quarterback whisperer. 
I'm taking it. I'm taking a shot at you for no reason at all. I just want to take a shot at you because I'm just tired of people saying how great of a quarterback whisper you are because I haven't seen you take a quarterback who was average and make him great. Brad Johnson was average, but they won the Super Bowl because of the defense. Now you got the Oakland or Las Vegas, Derek Carr. Come on, man. Ice. Am I being unfair to John Gruden? Well, 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 well John Gruden. Hey, let's be real. He's he's a uh, he's a good coach. He's a really good coach. Super Bowl champion, uh, winning coach. Uh, from that 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 stump that we call the great Mike Holmgren, uh, who whose extension uh, reaches far back, as far as Bill Walsh. Walsh. So uh, he's from that 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 tree, and uh, I think you know he has a lot of football knowledge, man. But as far as uh, you know, developing quarterbacks, I mean, I mean, it's pretty much what you said as far as <laughs> exactly. what guy. I mean, yeah. which guy have you have you taken from, <laughs> you know? You know, we seen Mike Shanahan, what he did for Matt Ryan in Atlanta. You take yes. a guy from where he is right here and push him to that MVP status. But, uh, you know, as as far as just being an overall coach, I think John, John Bruce, he's pretty good. I mean, he's a great analyst uh, as far as a sports analyst. But, you know, he's got a lot of work to do in Las Vegas right now. So, um, I mean, he has some big decisions to make. He has to decide if he's going to extend his quarterback here real soon uh, or, or what's going to happen with that situation. But, uh you know, that's not in my division. I mean, I mean, he, John Gruden is a guy that worked me out when I was uh, coming out of Memphis State, and uh, he was with the Green Bay Packers at that time. As a, a wealth of football knowledge, he didn't draft me. He missed Thank me. I, I told him, I told him in his face, you know, you missed me. You could have came up. You could have, you know, came up and got me. But and, you know, I, I think I would work well with Brett Favre. Man, Brett Favre would have made sweet music uh, for a while. But um, you know, he's from that tree, man. He has a wealth of, of football knowledge offensively, and uh, has his work cut out for him in his own division. Now, I'm going to say something real quick before we get out of here. Yeah, you would have worked well with Brett Favre, uh, but Isaac, you worked well with Chris Miller. You worked well with Steve Walsh. You worked I'm well with Jamie. I'm the quarterback whisperer. Huh? Uh, yeah, you're the I'm quarterback. The quarterback whisperer. You're the quarterback whisperer. You may uh, you work well with Tony Banks. You work well yeah. with Jamie Martin, uh, Kurt Warner, uh, Mark Bulger, Mark Rippin. Rippin. Who am I missing? Chan- Chris, Chris Chandler. Oh, yeah, Chris Chandler. Who, who, who? Who's up? Thank you. Him. Who? Scott Covington. Who? Oh, Scott God. Covington. Are you serious, dog? Oh. Mike Jones. Oh, <laughs> who? 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 Oh, okay. So you're the quarterback whisperer, man. So to be you're fair to me, yeah, you, you you work well. That's what a lot of people don't understand, man, before, you know, they don't understand. When you put up them big numbers, man, you were, what, 17, 1800 yards receiving. Who was the quarterback then? Uh, the Miller? starter was Chris Chris Miller. Backup was Chris Chandler. Uh, third quarterback was uh, Mark Rippin. And I think for a couple of weeks, um, if I'm not mistaken, Jamie Martin came in. So, hey, man, that's what it was. We couldn't protect our quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, they were taking a beating. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what it was. And it, it ended in 1781, the year of the wide receivers, 1995. Yeah, you, you led the league in the NFL. You led the league in receiver yards that year, right? I was second. I was second that year. I was second. Now, I always say this. You know, you had five or six guys from Herman Moore to uh, Chris Carter, Jerry Rice, Michael Irving, and myself who all went over the 1,500-yard mark. And uh, if, you, if you're a football or NFL savant, here's the thing. You always know that it will correct itself defensively. So that following year, 1996, uh, after 1995, which was the year of the wide receiver, that defense, you know, they, they they allow them to be a little bit more aggressive. Uh, they can push you a little bit more down the field. Now, the person that leads that, that leads the league in receiving yards that following year, you know, he had to be the GOAT 
coming out of that group, which was me, 1996. I led the league in receiving yards that year. So that's it. That was my first Pro Bowl season that year, 1996. I mean, that's why I was thinking because the year, that's the year I was with you with the St. Louis Rams, man. So that's why I was yeah. thinking you led the year because that year you, you had all them yards. That didn't vote you to the Pro Bowl, which was crazy as heck to me. But anyway, man. Yeah. You know, we ain't gonna go back to that, man. I still, I'm still mad about that. But anything, bro. Anything else you want to add, man? The goat, <laughs> the goat. That's it, man. You know what? I mean, uh, you know, I don't know how many basketball fans or women basketball fans that we have listening uh, to this podcast, but the game last night was phenomenal, Doc. I mean, big shout out to the Stanford Cardinal. Uh, a huge shout out to the Arizona Wildcats, man. Just the way those girls played. You talk about fundamental basketball, hitting your open shots, team basketball. Uh, that's what the women basketball presents to us man and and uh you know i say pay them more doc you know they go on that next level pay them more so um big shout out to them another big game tonight between baylor and uh gonzaga so let's see if gonzaga can match uh bobby knight's indiana crew that's the only undefeated team to ever win everything or win it all so i'm going to be rooting against them i'm going to go for baylor because uh my executive assistant tiffany burris is a bear from Baylor. So I got to, I got to, I got to, you know, root with her and the Baylor Bears tonight. And even if Gonzaga, even if you all do go undefeated and win the national championship, I'll put y'all up against that UNLV squad that won the national championship. That beat the brakes off y'all. Plain and simple. So don't brag too much. Even if, even if you lose tonight, you tell me, I got that one. Bro, I'll put you up against Larry Johnson and, 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 and what, uh, Stacey Ogman and Greg Anthony, Anderson Hutt, Moses Scurry. Hunt. Yeah, <laughs> they'll kill you. Gonzaga, I'm just saying. So even if you do get it done, don't brag too much because them running rebels will, uh, will probably beat your head in. But anyway, anything else you want to add before we get up out of here, bro? Jerry, Jerry Tarkanian. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. I'm hey, good, man. I'm good. That's going to do it for this edition of Rambling with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. Until next week, God willing, we out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.